Good morning, church. Happy Sabbath. Actually, it's afternoon, but uh, we live in a time uh, when things are very tense. Talking this week with some people, uh, they uh, they were very serious that we uh, we live in a very uh, fearful times, and they were concerned about what's happening in a political world, in a social, all this turmoil, financially. For me, what's troubling, I see some not good things. For example, the price of lumber. About a year ago, you buy a two-by-four for about, let's say, $3. Even that was a little bit less. And some weeks ago, I looked, and uh, the price of that was about $7. <gasps> and I said, uh-oh, what's happening? And I told to myself, oh, it might have been disruption because of, you know, uh, transportation and the new administration, all this uh, new regulation, and uh, it's going to come down. But then this week I needed to buy two others, two by fours, and guess what? How much it cost? Ten seventy-five a piece. So in a short time, it went up about two dollars something. That's not a good sign, brother. Uh, I remember in Romania when we lived through the inflation and in a short time you go and buy a loaf of bread for 30,000 levels. That was about seven, eight months before it was only too late. So, uh, let's pray that uh, it's not going to happen that fast here, but uh, some people said it might be there, and uh, that's one of the clear signs of the time. I chose a very important message for today. Very hard to preach because uh, it's going to affect many of ideas that I might address. But I think we need it very much because uh, it's very important. I will talk about health, how to stay healthy and how to get health back when you are sick. And I'll try to look at that God has a special care and gave us a special message about how to do that. And uh, I think if we will just listen and obey him, uh, his blessing will come along. As we read there in the scripture reading, God promised Israel that will send the angel and uh, if they will obey and listen to his voice, one of the things that he will do, he will take sickness from amongst them. And uh, my question, I will quiz you a little bit. I hope you don't mind. Do you think that promise applies to us also? The promise of blessing uh, that God will keep us from sickness? Do you think it's conditional? Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, here God clearly told Israel, if you are going to obey the voice of the angels, actually it was the voice of Jesus Christ that was uh, leading Israel out, God will take care of them and make them a blessing. And then when Jesus sent uh, the disciples, the evangelists, he also gave them a commission. It's recorded in two of the Gospels. I will just look at Matthew 10 where it's, uh, it's written there about Christ said, sending the first evangelist. 
and uh, when he sent them the 12 disciples. In Matthew chapter 10, it's related everything that uh, uh, God, uh, Christ did in sending those 12. And in verse 8 of Matthew, God gave, I mean, Christ gave this commission. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give. So one of the things they were supposed to do was to heal the people. That was the work of the first evangelist, the first thing, uh, people that Christ sent in his name. Do you think that the work, kind of work applies to us also? We are Christ followers and we are supposed to go and uh, preach the gospel and one of the things is uh, take care of the problem of heal, uh, sickness. Do you think uh, this work applies to us also? Yeah, I mean, it's a rhetorical question, yes. Uh, God has a, an interest in our well-being. And God gave us a specific message about how to stay healthy and how to heal when you get sick. I know we preach so much, but since we have lots of new people, we'll start with the basics. Uh, actually, I'll start recommending two books. If you get sick, before maybe you go to the doctor, if you could, just read this book and try to follow everything there before you swallow a pill, in my own opinion, will be a blessing. The Ministry of Healing. Here is good basics, information for health. And if we will follow them, I think God's blessing will follow up. And uh, actually, this is one of the responsibility of each of us because... You like it or not, you'll get sick. Maybe you are now young, but uh, it's part of life, let's face it. And uh, the sad part is even young people now start getting sick and have problems. So God, through, I'm not going to, because the time is short, I'm not going to read all the quotes. I'll just maybe quote them from memory because we kind of, uh, I just have about 24 minutes or something. So I, I want to just to, kind of gave you information without reading too much. So God gave us, for each of us, a responsibility to study and understand how our body works, how uh, it heals, and uh, how to keep it healthy. And we have good source of information that God gave us, specific. And, uh, you know, uh, in the book, The Ministry of Healing, here are the basic principles of health. And the idea is uh, talks about the need of education the people on the right principles. And Ellen J. White gave the principles for uh, healing when you get sick. And here are what we call the new start. Pure air, sunlight, abstemious, rest, exercise, proper diet, the use of water, trust in divine power. These are true remedies. It's the new start. Okay, let's quiz you. N, what N stands for? Nutrition. E, exercise. W, water. S, T, 
A Air R and T Trusting God. All right, you you are good. I will just talk a little bit about the importance of fresh air, especially when you are sick. And here is what the prophet had advised us. You know, when you are sick, you have to be very careful about that, that you have fresh air. And in one of the quotes, she said that people had been poisoned because have breathed back the air that they were breathed out, and they didn't have an opening to have fresh air. And here is what she said. The lungs are constantly throwing off impurities, and they need to be constantly supplied with fresh air. Impure air does not afford the necessary supply of oxygen, and the blood passes to the brain and other organs without being vitalized. He has the necessity of throughout ventilation. I could go on and on about the importance of fresh air. I'll just give you an illustration that even uh, in construction, uh, ventilation, you need it. Actually, I, uh, Ellen White talks about the houses that the houses need to breathe. Do you know that? I mean, it's a little, yeah, the houses need to, I mean, the air is good if the air circulates in and out. And uh, me working in construction, even bricks need to breathe. So you find something new. <laughs> you think I'm joking? Okay, let's, let's tell you something. You know, some people go and they, bri- they paint their bricks. Or people are concerned that the water gets in. And I had customers asking me, hey, should I do that? And so I said, oh, I'll check out with the people that sell the bricks. So they said, oh, usually the manufacturers don't recommend to apply any kind of waterproofing sealant or paint or anything because the bricks need to breathe. If you make that and you cover up, the bricks' life will deteriorate, deteriorate, deteriorate faster and the lifespan of brick is it's shortened and... They will not guarantee maybe the warranty they get because they did not follow the recommendation of the manufacturer. So I hope you find something new about bricks and the importance of fresh air. And with the humans now, I'm just thinking about, you know, uh, do you think this council comes in conflict with what the doctors comes? counsel us today? Yes, stay indoors if you are sick. Lock up, put two masks. I mean, I know when you have, you have to insulate, but go out, breathe fresh air. And uh, don't listen necessarily to the advice of the doctors. And uh, we see here that God gave us instruction. We saw here, there, the steps. You know, the question came when the Adventists were established and they were talking and, of course, accepting the need of that. They said, oh, why shouldn't we just pray for healing and God will miraculously heal and we'll be all happy? But God had a different plan and reveals clearly that was his purpose to teach us about health 
in my way, I'm thinking like this way. If you eat a poison and you get sick, you go to God, oh, please heal me. But you keep on going and eating that poison, it's kind of, you know, uh, it doesn't make sense for God not to warn you, hey, stop doing that, you know. And actually, that's what God chose. He shows us and gives us message before, you know, all these troubles start in the world, especially when the more refined food and all that. He gave us advice about how to stay healthy. And that's why God had given us, and actually through the message it's shown that God will help us to see what causes the sickness and not do that. Because all this, I mean those that we talked about, New Start, are the so-called the laws of life. To have life, you have to have those things that we talked about, sunlight, water, air, so forth. And to be functionally good, you have to obey certain laws. You have to get fresh air, you have to drink pure water, and so forth, and so on. All that make good sense. So when you get sick, you usually you violate one of those laws. Most, I mean, I think all the time. I'm not going to be, it, there are certain things, but when you get sick, usually you violate one of these laws. Maybe you drink poison water, and, uh, you know, then you have to get sick. First, you have to see what caused your sickness. Oh, I drank that, or maybe I bred some poison, or I ate something, or, or you know, I uh, didn't rest enough, I didn't exercise, and, you know, my muscles, and... And then with God's power, you have to try to address the problem and stop doing those things and change. And uh, the sad part is now when you get sick, we go and ask the advice of the doctors. And the doctors, they don't look at what causes the problem. They just offer you to maybe treat symptoms or make you have less pain. I mean, it's not need to, to go, and I'm not going to attack the med, but we have here in the books that uh, we are blessed with, God saying that there is only one method of healing, and it's, it's called God's method, and it's described there clearly. You have to see what causes and address that. Don't just jump on the, on the symptoms and treat symptoms. But... Uh, here it's where the problem starts because God gave us good advice and I don't know, do you think we follow as an institution? Do we follow God's plan? It's very tough to admit that we kind of fail God. And the problem is we cannot reach people and tell them about health and demonstrate and tell them how to get you know, healing and how to live healthy. And may the Lord help us to be wise because that's one of I, I name my message is the as the arm to the body. The hell message it's all it's as the arm to the body. Ellen G. White described it because it will open the door to get the message out, all the message when you help people to regain health. And the world it's ready for because you don't have to tell people that the medical world does not know that much about disease. I talked recently with a friend of mine. He knew that I was, I'm 
maybe I'll have time, I'll tell my testimony about me and being sick for a good long while. And uh, I talked with a friend, and he saw me, and he said, oh, you, will, oh, you look good now. <laughs> I, I work, he helped me one time to pour concrete. Uh, about five months ago, you looked very bad. I said, yeah, and I felt bad. I was kind of yellow and trying to figure out what was wrong, and, you know, I couldn't figure out. And uh, oh, I said, oh, and I told him the story that a doctor, I finally find a doctor, but it's not the regular, it was a natural kind of doctor that he kind of helped me find the cause of my sickness. And when I knew the cause, I, know how to, I knew how to address it. And uh, I told him, hey, this doctor finally helped me find out after I went to I don't know how many doctors. I said, oh, keep the phone for me because I need it. I fired four doctors. That's what he told me, because all of them, they know, oh, take this pill, take this pill, take this pill, and I fired them. I, I'm tired of taking pills and that. And I said, yeah, definitely, I'll give you this. I'll recommend you that doctor. So there is, the world is open. You don't have to go and tell people about, you know, people that suffer because of doctors. Actually, they said there are about 100,000 people dying every year because taking medicine. And not mistakenly, but prescribed by doctors. It's, I, some people say it's the third leading cause of that. And we have a message to counteract that. We have to live it first. You cannot really preach it if you don't live it. And you have to tell people, and in that way you will reach other people. But the world and the scientific world has went and they don't accept. We are created by God. We are endowed by him with everything to function properly. He gave us a system that works pretty good. And uh, I don't think we can improve on that as now we see happening. Here is my question. I know it's a very tough because many people are turned atheist when they see all the germs and viruses and so forth. First of all, let's establish some things. All these bad viruses and germs, who do you think is behind? Who? Yeah. I mean, Christ clearly gave a principle there in the world about where he gave the parable of the wheat and tares. He said an enemy has done that. He planted. And from the spirit of prophecy, we are clearly told that all the poisonous stuff and the thorns and that is the result of the devil and perverting God's creation. And so all these viruses that try to attack us and that, do you think who is clear who's behind that? But let's ask this question, fundamental question. Do you think God was prepared for this problem? Did he foresaw that it's going to happen? Did he gave, do you think he was by surprise? Do you think he gave us a system to fight everything that Satan can throw on us? Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, if Satan could have come with something that God could have not all kind of take care of, he would have wiped us out a long time ago. But God is wiser than Satan. And he gave, and uh, I don't think Satan can develop a virus that will overtake God's immune system. It, it makes good sense. I mean, 
God is martyr. And uh, actually, even this so-called pandemic shows that all the people that have problem were the people with the immune system. What God gave them was compromise and that. And of course, there's lots of spike and other propaganda, but it's very uh, important to study for ourselves because now we are, I think we are close to the end of time. And one of the signs is that now we are going to put in a very strange position about our health. The world is presenting a miracle so-called pill or a, a vaccine. And we will have to make the decision if we will go on or take it or not. And I know my wife is already, I think, oh, don't go there. <laughs> but I would like you to have an informed decision. And I'm afraid we are not given that. And for me, maybe I'll just take five minutes to help you with that. You heard about this vaccine. I'll quiz you again. And they said it's an mRNA vaccine. What does M stand for? For? Messenger. Messenger. Good, good. I see you're informed. Does it sound some kind of religious term? Messenger. What's a messenger? <laughs> Angels. I mean, I'm not going into... Honestly, I don't go into any conspiracy. I just... I Actually, lately, I just read the information. I, I want to know how it works before I get it in my body. I think every honest Christian should know, hey how it works, what it does, how it helps, because now they present this as the savior of the, the crisis we are. And I want to know how it works. So we got, now we know it's a messenger RNA. And what is this supposed to do to your body? It gives some information to your kind of uh, cells to make certain protein. I mean, I would like to be corrected if I'm wrong. You know, I, I did the research. I tried to find out how it works, what it does to our body. And this mRNA is basically a part of a DNA. It's what makes our genetic form and gives some information. Hey, here in your one part of your body, it might need some help and gave the information to your cell, and they start producing protein to supplement. They have a short life. They disappear somehow. Not really. And it's God make it that way to work. But now the, the scientists, they start making their own mRNA. Do you think it's identical with what your body makes? No, I mean, I just want to know your honest opinion. No. I mean, it creates the same kind of, it makes your body create that, make that protein. But here is, I, and actually I did, I tried to, <laughs> lately, this week, I tried to understand what's going on. And I started reading lights of micro microbiology. And it's very tough because I don't have that much knowledge. But I said, okay, I'll try to figure out here what's happening. So God make you an mRNA. When it's needed, it's a messenger. He says message from your body, something is breaking down, and send it to your uh, DNA or your cells to make certain protein. 
But here it's where the, the you know, I'll read you something here about, this is all from a, either World Health Organization or from the a Moderna website that they describe there what's happening. Here it says that the mRNA is a single-stranded molecule of RNA that corresponds to the genetic sequence of the gene and is read by a ribosome in the process of synthesizing a protein. And they talk about the transcription and how is it done. So basically now they take this and put it in your body. It's a messenger that tries to imitate something that your body has. But it's not necessarily the same. And I'll tell you how they make the change. And actually I asked the question. I, I tried to figure out, okay, where do they get this mRNA? Where do you think they take that from? Or how do they make it, do you know? I mean, does the, you know, to have an informed conscience, I, I, I want to know, hey, how do you get that? My body that God gave me creates that. How do those scientists make this? Let's see. Here is my quiz question. Hey, Ron, do you know how they make the MRNA? You know, I don't know that much about it. I've heard they take it from an animal. It's been I mean, I don't want to go very there, but my question... Uh, yeah. Actually, what it does, they create that synthetic. The scientists made that in the, in the lab. Actually, I have here a picture of this uh, kilobaser that can make DNA. Have you heard about that? They say it out of, and actually I looked, there's no conspiracy. You know, I can give you this, you can go and look. They said here, this one, a kilobaser express DNA machine. Out of such a machine come tiny amounts of DNA, which after a lot of biological and chemical processing, end up as RNA in the vac 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 vaccine vial. A 30 microgram dose turns out to actually contain 30 micrograms of RNA. And then it talks about how it does. So basically all this is made by machine and the chemical. But here are some other things that I think we should make the question. How do they make those? And here is something. They say, you know, for example, in the... the vaccine that uh, Pfizer, say, Biotech, they have here the code for making an mRNA. And uh, it's a long one. Let's see. It shows here it's, uh, how many characters it has. 4,284 characters. So this is information that put in the machine to make your so-called close to what's your mRNA. But here is the problem they have. You know, when you introduce something in your body and it's foreign, your immune system will fight it. But here they find a way to fool your immune system. And here is not my own words I read here. 
okay. It's what they say here. The normal RNA characters are ACGU. You might know this about is genetics and stuff. But the way you say, this is one of the exceptionally clever bits about the vaccine. Our body runs a powerful antivirus system. They put it in the codes, the original system. For this reason, cells are extremely unenthusiastic about foreign RNA. And they try very hard to destroy it before it does anything. This is somewhat of a problem for our vaccine. It needs to sneak past our immune system. Over many years of experimentation, it was found that if the U in RNA, this is one of the four chemicals that makes the RNA, is replaced by a slightly modified molecule, our immune system loses interest for real, they say. So in the biotech Pfizer vaccine, every U has been replaced by a chemical, methyl 3 denoted by they have a certain sign. The really clever bit is that although this replacement placates our immune system, it is accepted as a normal U by relevant parts of the cell. So basically, they find a way to introduce that mRNA. But it's not identical with your own body. And I don't know if they know all the information that is there in this. You know, little things, you see, is very complex. And all the information that is there, maybe they erase something and change something. I mean, they, they do change something. Here, they admit they have to fool your immune system and get into that. And it goes on and on. I mean, for uh, if you want, I can share with you these papers, and you can take a look. This is not conspiracy. It's what they do, and they try to reveal what they uh, they accomplish to the, uh, all this. Where it boils down is this: that uh, is not really uh, known what the long time effects and how your immune system will be affected. Actually, here in this, he, they said these things that fools your immune system to get in your system, producing this, uh, replacing a certain acid with something else, they said it's good that the, it, it doesn't happen in, into the natural world. Otherwise, you know, it, it, the virus will learn that and will infect us. They said it's done only artificial by scientists. And uh, it goes on and on. I don't want to, you know, uh, go too much, but I think we have to be very careful and pray the Lord to help us to make a good decision about this. I know I was providential, I think, uh, on a Christian radio station, uh, they were talking some biochemists. And they were talking about all that they are able to do by changing and altering our own construction. And they were joking, hey, maybe one day we'll be able to pump you something and you'll be, have muscles and be bigger and stuff like that. You'll be a superhuman. And you don't have to lift weights. 
That's what they were talking. I said, yeah, that's what. And I remember I was reading in the magazines, the popular mechanics. They were talking about eternal life. They said, oh, we discovered that gene that controls aging. You might be able to turn it off and live forever. I mean, that's what those people that develop those, that's what they think and that's what they believe. Here is my bottom. I, I don't want to keep too much. I hope you will do the research for yourself. The more I research, my, the more determined I am to go, I not get the vaccine. It's my own personal opinion, and uh, I'm entitled to, hopefully. I don't know how much I will have the freedom to go that, and I won't be constrained. But we see here the world pushing and going one direction. And I, I think uh, this shows that Christ has to step in because they are playing with what God created, and the Bible says it was perfect and that. And uh, the sad part is, if you listen to all that are people for, not anyone talks about God, but people that work in the science and they understand that we are, they express belief. And they talk about God, and that we play with what God created. And I think it's uh, very sobering because the mass media will not show you and will not tell you what I'm telling you. They said, oh, we'll have you have an informed decision. But they don't say, hey, here is some question we don't know. They won't tell you, hey, this one, I don't know how will be affected the wrong terms. What can come? I mean, they, they were talking about, hey, the, but this might get out of proportion and get very bad and, you know, you create a human that is kind of, you know, and uh, they don't have a morality. Actually, in one of these books, Ellen Weiss talks here about trusting godless physicians. And said, oh, you know, if your physician doesn't believe in God, he's dangerous. I mean, I, I could have get quotes and quotes. I mean, it makes sense, you know. When you don't have a good foundation, you know what you build on top is not going to last. And the, the sad part is the scientist world had rejected God and creation. And everything they build up, it's almost evolution. I, I know an example of a friend of mine in physics. They're looking for God uh, particles that they, they believe is going to explain how life began. I'll tell you how life began. God created. Don't spend all these billions of dollars creating into a tunnel. So I'll give you the answer. But it takes faith. But we live in very hard times. Because the sad part is, I'm not necessarily criticizing, I'm just getting The church had a meeting and they presented, they said, oh, we want you to have an informed opinion. And they brought only people that were propagating this idea and didn't give one, you know, this is not fair. Bring somebody that will ask questions, that knows and maybe ask questions. And, you know, make you take, help you make an informed decision. They say that Ellen G. White was vaccinated, and that's a big lie. I have here a letter, no time, but I'll just mention. Dr. Kellogg in 1899 spoke before the general conference, and he spoke about the smallpox vaccine, and he spoke against. And actually, he made a prediction for... for for whoever wants to read, I can give you the info. And he made a prediction. He said that uh, 
He talks here, a doctor in Lancaster, Ohio, that the time will come when a young man taking a course in a medical school will, before be finished, be vaccinated for all diseases that were prevalent in the country. I don't think there will be very much left of that man after he had gone through all that. And he talks here about the principles that is wrong. And he, Kellogg, Dr. Kellogg, you know, he said the principle of vaccine is fighting fire with fire, evil with evil. And he said it's not a good principle. And uh, here in the letter he elaborates that that's why the foundation of all this, what we now see happening, it's, uh, it's, it's dangerous. But as I said, everyone will have to decide for himself. I think you need a very powerful moral conviction to resist the pressure that will be. Because I see the propaganda there, and it stirred us as one against the other, people vaccinated against the non-vaccinated. And it makes people that resist that and don't want to be dangerous and uh, to be, you know, put in the corner or in the... And that, when I trust in God's immune system and what he gave us. And actually, if you just ask the question, how will the vaccine benefit me? Will it help my immune system or not? Actually, all that it does, it, it, it makes your immune system, your body, to produce that protein that is caused by the virus. And they say that that kind of wakes up your immune system to fight it. But it doesn't do anything good to your immune system. You just get him working. And if you have it in good shape, he will work. It will work. I mean, the, the, the pandemic proves it. Only people that had a compromised immune system had problems. And may the Lord help us to make a, a good decision. It shows us that we kind of are, in the, even in the scientific world, God had to intervene because otherwise I think uh, we are on the dangerous grounds. May the Lord help us to stick with God's uh, uh, message and be faithful to him. Amen.